Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the CX Goalkeeper Podcast. Your host, Gregorio Leoni, will have smart discussion with experts, thought leaders, and friends on customer experience, transformation, innovation, and leadership. I hope you will enjoy the next episode. Ladies and gentlemen, today is really a big pleasure to have Peter Pirner with, with me. It's uh, really, we had a really great pre-discussion in the last 10 minutes. It will be a blast today speaking with him. Hi, Peter. How are you? Hi, Greg. I'm fine. Thank you for having me. Uh, a great pleasure. And as usual, uh, I think it doesn't make sense that I start reading all what you did in your career. And therefore, my simple question, could you please introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm very glad to do that. Actually, I worked something like 25 years in a company which is called Kanta, which is a market research company. And I was always active in the area of, of customer satisfaction measurement consumer measurement uh, actually I, I i know all the all the tools and all the proceedings how to, to gather information from about customer needs and what they feel and i had the the big luck that uh, kanta is a huge company was part of wpp so i had also global roles so i had i had global responsibility for the for the topic customer experience management or customer satisfaction measurement i did trainings all around the globe. I visited top clients of Kanta all around the world. I had very specific regional sales uh, uh, responsibility for Southern Europe and uh, Russia and, and Africa. So I saw the full picture of what happens in the customer experience world for many, many years. And then I returned back to uh, Germany um, to run the, the, the German practice area. And in Germany, Kanta, formerly known as Infratest, is the second biggest player in Germany. So we had all the big uh, uh, DAX companies as our clients. And I had, again, the pleasure to be, as an expert, this, in a position to discuss and challenge some of the solutions they found for their organizations. And After 25 years, there was a reorganization. And I said, well, I've seen everything. I've done everything. I love the company. I've loved what I've done. And I don't want to take part of a reorganization anymore. And so we decided that we uh, uh, find a way that I would leave the company. We did it uh, in all friendship and without any, any hassle. And uh, then I started to work on the one side in a company my nephew founded, which is a pet accessory company. And they, he started seven years ago and the, the company became so big that uh, we, we came into uh, uh, some troubles. And so I, I also jumped in with some of my seniorities, took over the role of CMO, Chief Technology Officer, Chief Marketing Officer, and Customer Experience Officer. That's, that's more my thing. And at the same time, I thought, I don't want to lose contact to the world I had before because I have so many connections and I'm still really passionate about the topic. So, and I always wanted to be a radio moderator, actually. When I st started studying, I applied for the job as radio moderator at the Bavarian radio station. I ended up number eight in, and it only took four. <laughs> Uh, and uh, that's, that was really a shame. And after many, many years, I decided, well, 
I don't care. This time I do my own radio program because I really like like voice. I like audio. I like good journalism on as you can find it on many podcast stations. And then I started also the podcast Seeks Talks. And there it was quite helpful that I'm also partner of the Institute of Customer Experience Management, which is a very relevant uh, uh, organization in Germany. And Rainer Kolm, the owner of uh, the Institute, asked me if I would like to be a partner of him. So, of course, I'm happy to do that. And so we offer that also as a service in the, uh, in the, uh, of the Institute of Customer Experience Management that we have this content offer on a regular basis. And this all started one and a half years ago. And uh, I think today it's now the, the most successful uh, uh, podcast about customer experience management. It's just in German because we had the discussion, is it in German or not? And so you see, I have many, many aspects in my life. I have seen a lot of things in the past. I still do some things in CX with individual smaller projects for some clients, but mainly now I run a business uh, and accessories from my podcast and uh, I'm active in the community. Yeah, I'm really, really glad to, to, to have you on this podcast. As you said, you have really a big, big experience in all the different topics and two of them, I would like to touch them. But before we, we skip one of these topics, yeah. the, the, the shop that you mentioned is Petlando for people living in uh, in Germany or in, in that region. It's it's really interesting. Go on the website. You see that it's really customer experience at its best. And, uh, and, and we just nice. do B2B business. Actually, we don't have our own shop. We just do B2B. So you can buy that in all the shops in Germany, Austria, Switzerland, Belgium, Netherlands. It's, it's, it's a pure B2B business. But at the same time, we really walk the talk. And uh, that was also one of the key learnings, but maybe at a later point of time, I will bring in some examples there because this is what I learned. I was used to big, big, big organizations. And now all of a sudden we are an organization, we are just, we are right now 50 people. So uh, very young, not too much theoretical, uh, uh, <laughs> too much theoretical background on this topic, but they do a lot of things very well, just instinctively. And uh, this is what we sometimes forget in customer experience management, that you can do things right, even if you don't have a clue what the theory behind is. I think it's important is to care about what customer needs. It's the B2B exactly. or B2C world. But at the end, if you listen to the customer and then you act on what the customer are saying, then you're already on, on the right side of the game. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you. And um, I think I would like to quickly deep dive on your CX talks because it's really an, an interesting podcast. Yeah. And I listened also to the to the last episode about the, the pharmacy. That was a really nice, nice one. Thank you very much for that. Where did uh, where started the idea of having this CX talks? You mentioned that about the radio, but why yeah. specific on CX? No, because CX actually. As I said, my background is research. So actually, I, and when I left Kantar, I was not obliged anymore to focus all my thinking around a research solution. I noticed that I did that only after a while when I was outside of Kantar. When I thought, well, when I talk to clients, I always talked about 
exactly the measurement area, uh, new technologies you could bring in. And yes, we also talked about strategy and we talked about uh, uh, change. But our core offer was actually rolling out huge, huge, huge customer experience systems, customer voice over customer uh, systems at the global scale. So, which is really a, a very, very specific business, and then you add on some, some, some smaller local uh, insights pieces. And when I stepped out of Panther, I thought, well, this is so much more. And the more you speak with people, you find out that everybody has a perspective on things, but it's it's centered around what 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 he, where he's coming from. And this was for me the reason to say. Now you're independent, Peter. Now you can really try to interview people with no intention to sell anything. You can just make the whole picture broad. And it's for me, it's, over the time, I also found out I find it very rewarding speaking to people who are passionate about what they are doing. And Jan Reuter is a wonderful example. Uh, uh, actually, I, I saw a few of his videos on LinkedIn. Uh, only when we started the interview, I found out that he's also a professional speaker. I, I really did not, did not think that far because I found that the guy I found really interesting. And, and he also studied in Munich. So we had things, uh, things in common. And, um, when he describes what he does at a small level for a pharmacy, this has nothing to do with the business I did in Kanta. Or if Annika Tannebaum, talks about leadership in customer, in contact centers. This has nothing to do with what we offered as a service, but I know from my discussions with clients that this is key to success of any system. So you really need to understand all the different bits and pieces and you need to bring the people together. And uh, working in a network, just like the customer experience, uh, uh, Institute of Customer Experience Management also allows me to get into contact with people who have an offer that is really distinct to what I've done before in my life. And the only thing what I learned about that is someone who says, I really understand what customer experience is. He is lying because he just understands his perspective. Just be open and listen to many people because you can take insights from so many different people and perspectives and experiences. And this is what I try to do in the podcast. I just invite people I personally find interesting uh, and or topics I really want to know something about. So the next podcast will be about the digital city. What is customer experience in a digital city? I wouldn't have done that if I just make a podcast around uh, market research methods and customer experience management. Sure. And I think this is also what it's interesting in, in the customer experience science that you have so many different opportunities, aspects that you can discuss and share. But Peter, now it's really time. Share your secret. How can you be so successful with your podcast? We want to know that. I don't know. I uh, I, I really don't know. I'm, it, it, probably, it probably helps that I do that with passion. I really like what I do. And I think people notice that if you like what you do. And I try to make it as professional as possible without having an agency being paid for making it professional. I do everything myself, just like you. And uh, you know that it's also 
quite some work in post-production and, and it, it, some work in preparation. And then it's about treating people in the interview. And I think these are the, for, for me, these are the components uh, that needs to be covered really well in order to have a result that is appealing and people notice that people feel well in an interview. And uh, uh, people also notice if there is a structure in the interview. So I don't like uh, those podcasts that just, oh, let's improvise half an hour. No, that, that doesn't really work. At least for me, it doesn't work. And I think that that helped to, to create basic audience that connects to it. And it's also a niche. It's not just the niche customer experience. It's also the niche customer experience in German because there are many fantastic podcasts in English. Um, and I thought, uh, I thought, try to do it differently, just to do it in German. I, I could do that also in English, but I don't even want to do that in English. Um, also to to link better to the audience in Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. Because this is a region which is not really super ahead of everything, very frankly speaking. I've seen African clients that were more ahead than German clients some years ago uh, in terms of how they, uh, they, they structured their organization and all that. But we are growing and uh, many things are really happening in this area right now. There are a lot of excellent examples of, of companies who really work on on their on their systems and on their on their, their organizations. And um, so I thought, well, that's my niche, and I hope that these are the spices that were needed to make it the success it is. At least you have one fan. It's me because <laughs> I am a recurring listener of, of your podcast. And I think this is one important thing, being a recurring listener and not only once. And thank you yeah. very much for naming my pod, post, podcast as fantastic because I am doing it in English. And you said there are fantastic podcasts in English. <laughs> I'm free. And I, I do once a month, I do rec podcast recommendation. I just recommend the ones I really like. Because I listen to something, I say, wow, that's that's cool. For example, I found yours with Anna Defense. I really like that. And uh, I also like, for example, uh, uh, from Manager Magazine, they made one one episode on LinkedIn. And then now everybody says, you're so fantastic. And you're so fantastic. Everybody make everybody uh, feel you're fantastic because I tell you you're fantastic. And everybody says, I'm so fantastic. I found that so funny that I said, put that also on, into this list. Because I liked it, and that is actually it's, it's probably most mostly it's me. The lists and 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 I really like like the podcast you you made with Annette, and uh, also you can notice that that you like what you do, and I think that that's that's the important thing. Uh, th thank you very much, Peter. I will uh, transcribe everything and put that as a feedback. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So. <laughs> review management that's the area of review management <laughs> exactly uh, thank you Peter I think it's it's really an outstanding, outstanding podcast your CX 
uh, talks and uh, you have a global experience. You had a global experience and now you are focusing on the dark region, um, Germany, Austria and Switzerland. And you already mentioned there are fantastic examples of companies doing uh, customer experience. Uh, before we start mentioning companies, what's your view of the development of customer experience in our region? Actually, what we, uh, I think I, I know best the German situation. Uh, I have some ideas about uh, the situation in Switzerland, which is, from my point of view, companies that are very active in that area are quite international companies, headquarters, which we also serve from Germany. So I've, I've been to headquarters in Switzerland where they have these huge programs probably mostly based on on customer on, on, on huge customer feedback systems that need to be introduced into global organizations or at least at a regional level in huge organizations. And uh, for that reason, in Switzerland, you would find more people coming from all over the places so the thinking was a bit more advanced or it was more established then you would probably find that in german medium-sized companies the, the big ones is also without any discussion these are the same people the same breed um what what i find is that uh, it's quite logical and easy that you start with voice of the customer programs, because actually you cannot be customer centric if you don't have feedback from a customer. This is just a contradiction in itself. If you don't, if you don't give your customer the opportunity to tell you what he needs, then you by definition are not customer centric. And the next step then will be if you understood what he said, what they said, then you decide what you want to fulfill and then you need to uh, perform, you just need to deliver. Um, so in US, UK, uh, the maturity of the VOC programs were already quite mature. These, these programs were already quite mature, something like 10 years ago. And some of the discussions we had in these countries, we so then in countries that were heavily influenced by these countries, for example, in Dubai, we had discussions about uh, the optimization of, of certain programs that were very similar to the things we discussed in the UK or uh, in the United States. Um, the Germans and probably also uh, the Swiss and the Austrians started slightly later, but they also had, in the past, they had some customer satisfaction programs in place. And the, the biggest difference was that the customer satisfaction programs were done once in a year or every half year. It was not an ongoing tracking. It was anonymous. And it should help you to understand maybe customer segments, maybe specific needs, change of needs over time. And the, the totally new idea was you now need to have personalized feedback and you need to push that back into the organization. And if you push something back into the organization and the organization is not prepared, then you kill the goodwill of your clients because they 
told you what they want, but there is no one who takes up on their responses. The organization is completely nervous because if even more so if you start immediately with a bonus system based on customer feedback, which, by the way, I think is total bullshit. Um, but you can overwhelm an organization if you move from the more strategic relationship approach to the ongoing short uh, interview after a transaction. And that was the passion for the new shiny object that was introduced into the Dach region. Also, it's also true for France. It's also true for Italy. It's also true, I would say, also for, for all the major European markets. They were still in the more strategic perspective, and then we came into the ongoing feedback. And as this is the next step, which does not solve all your problems, neither, but actually this is just the next step, then all the discussions started. And 10 years ago in the US or in the UK, you could have found people with a job title customer experience manager. Today, I would say you can find people in the Dach region with a job title customer experience manager. And yes, everybody complains it's not totally clear what you should do and how much power you should have and how much resources you should have. But actually, that is not a difference to what is going on in the United States or in the UK. That's an ongoing problem. But five years ago, it was really very rare that you could find people or you could find roles that you could apply to which had some sort of customer experience management as a role description. And this really makes the difference. And this makes the whole thing very interesting. And this is where that is now moving quick, fast. And of course, it's also uh, uh, supported a bit by the fact that all the technology provider, be it Medallia, be it uh, Maritz, be it uh, Qualtrics, be it uh, Confirm, it, be it there are so many technology platforms or in moment they have a, a very strong marketing machine so now everybody feels a bit also the need that they should do something and um, now the next big challenge would be to understand that it's not just a technology problem it is also a technology problem but it's not just the technology problem and I think in other countries uh, where you have already implemented a system with ongoing feedback, for example, and you just change the provider, then the situation is already a different situation. And in the UK or US, you, you now just change the providers. In DACH, you still build these systems in many cases. Uh, I, I really like what you, what you are saying because you touched the, the all phases also of an introduction of such so, such a solution. We spoke about the strategic uh, piece, the operational piece, and uh, not only let's say listening, but also acting on on what yeah. it's doing. And you mentioned something that I really like, and for me is key. And it's always what I'm saying: technology is the mean and not the solution. With the technology, you can start introducing new solution, getting feedback from the customer. But what is then relevant is what 
does the company want to achieve, first of all? That's a bit the vision and the strategy. And then also the governance, how it's organized. And that's what you mentioned, what are the, the roles and responsibilities of, of a customer experience team. And then coming also to the cultural aspect, that now customers are something like free of charge consultants giving you feedback. And then it's up to you as a company to action, to action on that. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, and based on everything what, what you said and also seeing and I share your view that, for example, UK, um, Dubai and US, there are one step ahead or several step ahead compared to us. Um, you already mentioned quite a lot of actionable insights. Do you have an idea what will be the next topics that will come to our region? I was always wondering because actually, as as now I I have my radar broader in insights. I would say very clearly, it will be the return of the qualitative research. It will be MPS will not be the overwhelming one uh, one solution for everything. There will be much more, you will have communities, you will have more qualitative research, you will restart your strategic research because you will find out that it's a combination of all that. That's the inside piece on the technology piece. I wonder, I think we will see a lot of software as a service uh, uh, providers or parts of customer experience management. So also Qualtrics or Medallia will develop even more into process management machines. It will, because on all the inside platforms, they are already quite active. So actually there cannot be too much innovation. You can introduce millions of new statistical methods in a, in, a, in, a, in a program, but if you don't have the right hypothesis, it's, it really doesn't matter if it's there. And sometimes just uh, trend lines are already so much telling you the situation the company is, you don't need highly sophisticated statistic measures that nobody understands. Uh, so the, the logical step to expand will be more into process management. I think what we also would see more is the integration. We talk about that. I mean, we talk about that since I'm 20 years old. This was management information system. I mean, there are always different labels for things. The integration of data and the holistic management system, the holistic management dashboard that helps you with everything. I think we're coming closer and closer to solutions to that. In the beginning, it was just a vision. Now, it can be realized. The question is, does that solve all your problems? No, you just have relevant KPIs and you, you still need to add. But in the past, you could not create these KPIs. Now you can create these KPIs, at least many of them. And also that will be really interesting what we see there. And this happens not only uh, in Germany, this happens all over the places, also in the, in the US. 
and there are still a lot of promises in in the room. But I think we also see now some deliveries. So I'm quite quite optimistic that there will be things we see. And the topic of organizational development, new ways of working, uh, transforming an organization into these new ways of working will be more and more important because only then you can adapt to the new needs customers have. I think this is this is really key what you are saying, and I am also saying this, this development. Uh, perhaps to 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 make that a bit understandable, do we have some really good examples? Let's name them best practices of of companies working on on such a roadmap. I think most of the companies, of the bigger companies, work somewhere in their organizations on these roadmaps. Uh, and I, I've met many uh, departments in big global organizations where all the knowledge was there, but they could not bring it to life because they could not make a relevant enough use case for the organization or politics just stopped them. So some of these New developments probably sit somewhere in IT, somewhere in CX, somewhere in strategy. And if you're lucky, these departments talk to each other and have the common goal to unite. And uh, this changes with the people working there or the, the leaders working in these departments. And, um, and it must be very clear The vision must be very clear that we want to do that as a company. We want to base the success of our company on what we understand of our customers. We want to do everything possible to bring that at all the relevant uh, uh, points in our organization uh, to make that work. And I think probably Amazon, as far as I can see that, It's always brought up as an excellent example. I think Amazon is really an excellent example because they talk also about that and they always try to improve and they try things. Stop it if it doesn't work. Uh, uh, they are very adaptive. Uh, this doesn't mean that others don't do that at all. This is just one of the examples I know and where I really have the feeling that they, they, they also walk their talk. Um, I've seen also, as, as you've seen also in my podcast, I, I have also a, a huge background on, on the automotive industry. And I know that all the automotive manufacturers have their departments. They work on that and they, they, they try to bring them in the organizations. But these organizations are really complicated because you have country organizations, you have sales and after sales. You, and this is true for most of the industries. So if you want to bring that to life, then it, it takes a lot of time and maybe it frustrates you more than it should because it's like a Sisyphus work. You just need to do that. It, it doesn't make the world better. If you stop that, then the world will be worse. And probably it will take a lot of effort just to keep things moving. And I think uh, the activity level of an organization for me is more the, the, the the relevant criterion to say, 
they are in a good way or not. And I think most of the uh, 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 most of the, the, the bigger companies do that as they need to do it. The smaller companies do that anyway. Because if they would not do that, it's also much easier. They don't have so many silos. Also, they have silos. If you have a team of 50, you start creating silos. Uh, but it's much easier to to uh, jump over silos in a, sm in a small company. And if you have 1,000 employees, you're not a small company anymore, but you can act a bit faster. And if, if you have uh, someone in, in management who says, I want that, then this happens. This is not the case in a huge organization where all the decisions need to be politically aligned and you need to have the buying of more people in the management board and all these sort of things. Uh, it's it's something like a masterclass. Thank you very much, Peter, because you are bringing so so many insights and uh, taking the the last two that you mentioned. One is uh, lead by example. The leadership needs supported, and what you mentioned that I really like, and it's also my personal experience. It doesn't make a big difference if you're a big company, if you're a small company. You have different budgets, different tools, but at the end, at the, end the feedback of the customer is key. And a company, a big company, needs to do that in a more structured way. A really small company, let's say the small shop in, in the town where we are living, perhaps they ask you, were you happy with your last, uh, the last thing that you bought? And then you give feedback and you get feedback. And, and at the end, they can improve uh, improve them themselves. The pharmacy. The exactly. Pharmacy. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, and also closing the loop and concluding this first part of the discussion, you you mentioned Amazon and uh, it's it's clear it's always we are we're always mentioning Amazon as uh, as the example. But if they are the best in class, they are in the best in class. And thinking about the last uh, letter that uh, Jeff Bezos wrote to the shareholders, it's 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 really extremely interesting to read it. I learned a lot by reading that, and and I suggest also to 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 the community. To have, to have a look at it. Now it's time to, to learn a bit more about you, uh, Peter, and this is what I like from this discussion. It's also the human touch. You are a super expert and you demonstrate that in the last half an hour. And But now we would like to learn a bit more about you. And the first question I would like to ask about you is you mentioned at the beginning you, have, you are active in several fields. Uh, how can you ensure to have a satisfactory work-life balance? I'm in control. Today I'm in control. In Pitlando, I'm owner, I'm part, I own part of the company, and I can decide how much I want to do. There was a deal with my nephew. Uh, and see, it stops. If it's too much, I can stop it. Or if, and I also want to have a, a certain degree of freedom to jump on other topics. To discuss with people other topics, for example, right now I'm I'm also working with a Swiss uh, management consultancy, Accelerum, that they have a, a fantastic product about touch point management. Just to understand a bit how we can make that even more digestible for German clients, or does it need to be somehow enhanced to be acceptable for German clients? For me, that is. And, and I still do not work my 80 hours, which I did in the years before. So actually, uh, probably I, I worked my, my, my part of my 
my work life already. And uh, for that reason, I'm, I, I feel right now, I feel quite fine with uh, balancing it out, but it's a challenge for yourself to say, you know, fear of missing out. Do I need to be there in order to be then there next time? You don't need to be everywhere. Quite, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm really blessed with having been in so many places already. And um, so for that reason, I'm actually, I, I also do some coaching to people who are new in, in some of their position, just saying, did you think about that? Did you think about that? This is something I did before also in Kanta. So I was mentor and coach there. And now I do that again, just because I like it, because I find it really fascinating seeing 27-year-old guys developing a business or 30-year-old high potentials having the first uh, uh, first time in the life that someone says, no, this is no end of your career, which is not true, but those ambitious ones will have the first frustrations in their jobs in their 30s or they are extremely successful then they have it five years later. It doesn't matter, but you will start having frustrations in your career. I have that myself as well. And as long as you can enrich your life with these different aspects, without the goal, I need to be the most successful man in the world in this organization, this gives you also the, the calmness just to say, no, today I don't want to do anything. Today I just want to be in the sun. I, I fully agree with you. And I we already have a topic for the next podcast, definition of success, <laughs> because exactly what, what you were saying. Yeah, what, what, yeah, what is success? But it's really, it's a good, it's a good discussion because what is success? And it, it changes over time. I mean, uh, if you would have asked me 20 years ago, I would have defined it completely different. And it's absolutely the right of the young people. And I think it's now the time of the people in the 30s, 40s, to change the organization, to change the world. It's not the guys in their 60s or in their 70s who should run organizations. And they should not even run the countries, as we've seen in the past. Exactly. (laughs) A discussion with Pascal Kaufmann, he was uh, telling me that the world belongs to the younger generation. We should ask the right question and give them direction with our experiences. And I think this is key. And as you said, for me, success 10 years ago, 15 years ago was different than now. For me now, it's also success opening the door and having quality time with, with my family, with my uh, with my small son. And before yeah. that, I was not aware that it's also success. Yeah. Thank you, Peter. And now the next question would be, is there a book that you would suggest to the audience and say, this is a book you should read because I learned something or it's full of insights? I really need to disappoint you. Actually, I, I wrote my... When I wrote my uh, PhD thesis, I read so many books that I said, two things I learned. I don't want to read standard books anymore, and I don't want to write a standard book anymore. <laughs> I've done what I've been there. I, I don't want to do that anymore. And uh, frankly speaking, I don't read these long... Uh, I, don't, I don't read the books. What, what I do read is uh, uh, articles, posts, because I think I like if people need to condense their insights because in a book you just need to pump it up. So 
so that you end up with at least 120 pages. And in reality, the key messages are always very short. Done there, seen that. <laughs> They've seen that. And um, so for that reason, I, I, I still really like uh, uh, HBR, our business review. They, they have great content and I, I follow that and some other publications and, uh, and, and posts. And I, for that reason, very honestly, I could not give you a good recommendation of books. Probably you are the better choice if I ask you, what, what, oh, by the way, what is your last book that you really enjoyed? Uh, first of all, supporting, supporting you, then I would say, let's suggest six talks as a podcast. <laughs> and mm. uh, and uh, I think this is something that really, something that helps. I am trying to, to differentiate. Uh, I, as you said, I really like also to, to reading post uh, podcast and so on, because you need to really condensate your, your yeah. message. Um, what I am reading now is the, um, a book of Shep Icon. <laughs> The convenience mm -hmm. revolution and there i'm from shep what i really like is the way i was writing with these great examples and then mm -hmm. uh, after the example also the learnings and then you have really a bigger overview what it's happening also in the mm -hmm. companies that are state of the art already in, in customer mm -hmm. experience therefore this this is my suggestion <laughs> thank you for the question thank you for helping me <laughs> out with a question on the book And for sure, if you are asking, uh, my recommendation is uh, Customer Experience 3 because I am co-author of this uh, of this book. We published that in, in March and therefore I need to mention that. Now, Joe, Absolutely. if uh, Peter, if somebody would like to, to contact you, what's the best way yeah. to contact you? To the website www.cx-talks.com via LinkedIn. That's the best way. Very happy for any kind of discussions, uh, whatever it is. Because ask me, I say no if I don't like to, and I say yes if I love. That's <laughs> it's also how I contacted you through LinkedIn, and uh, yeah. and it's great to have to have such discussions. Yeah, but actually, I think that that's also the nice thing about LinkedIn. In the last year, I met so many people, and you're one of them. Because actually, I I, I saw what you've done, so I I somehow had an idea. But the nice thing is only after this podcast and after having seen you, I have a better feeling for the person behind. And that's a nice thing in podcasting that you learn interesting people and after that you have a different relation than before. Sure. And, and this is um, what I really like. And we are coming to the last question. It's the question I always ask. And this is um, Peter Golden Nugget. It's something that we already discussed or something that you would like to share with the audience that we didn't discuss and it's the lead la last piece of wisdom from you. First of all, I'm not a wise guy and there is not the one solution. If you meet someone who says, this is the one solution, not true, just throw him out. There is nothing like the one solution. If he asks you, what is your problem? And he says, well, my solution might solve you parts of the solution. That brings you much farther down, uh, further down the road than, than uh, listening to some of the, I have solution for, for, for all the problems you have in this area. That is what I learned in my past. And this is why customer experience management, if, if, if you understand that as broad as it is, then it's logical that there cannot be just one single solution. 
Thank you very much, Peter. And as usual, I am not commenting your golden nugget because it's Peter's golden nugget. The last thing I want to say is thank you very much for your time, Peter. Also during your vacation. <laughs> thank you very much. Bye-bye. It was a great pleasure. And also to the audience, I hope that you enjoyed this discussion as much as I did because it was really an outstanding discussion. And thank you very much. Grazie mille. Arrivederci. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the word of mouth, subscribe it, share it. Until the next episode, please don't forget, we are not in a B2B or B2C business, we are in a human-to-human environment. Thank you.